You're listening to The Creator's Channel. All right, everybody. Welcome to The Creator's Channel. My name is Chris Kelly, and today we have a very special guest. It is David Blaker of ProductionCrates.com. You know David from some of the awesome visual effects on Footage Crate, some of the incredible 3D models on Render Crate, and of course, the Dave Splanation series. David, welcome. Hello. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's so good to talk to you, man. I feel like we only ever talk on Slack, but it's nice to finally be in person again. It's rare. Like, I think the first video call we had was one of the fudgery things. What was it? Yeah, I think, oh man, it it was recent. Yeah, Yeah. when when lockdown began, that's it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when you joined Production Crate or when we first started talking? That was a long time ago. It was. Okay. So I remember like the first time we emailed each other was 2016, but I remember when I had that old website. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, it was called like Flare Home Studio. Flare Home Studios. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. It was, that was janky, janky. That was, (laughs) I remember about a year before I contacted you officially, I asked you on Facebook, you know, how do you run production crate how does it work on the back end and then you started like telling me all of like the secrets behind it and all of the patrick smart stuff what he does and i didn't understand it so eventually i gave up and said okay here's my website take it from me take all of the explosions it's yours yeah so for people who don't know um or probably most people don't know david was running uh kind of like a a mini footage crate early on yeah. where you had, I don't know, like probably like a hundred explosions or something. I right? think, yeah. In the 50 range, I think. Okay. And they were yeah. like, a lot of them were like 720p probably. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Forget but, um, about it. They're still up, right? They're yeah. still up on footage crate. A lot of them are. Maybe we should take them down, but I kind of like leaving yeah, them. Yeah, I don't like to look at them anymore. They like, if you compare them to the new explosions, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really good way to like compare where you were in 2016 mm. to where you've grown now. You just yeah. uploaded all the cool nuke explosions and the ultimate explosion pack. Mm. Beautiful. I love, I love them. Yeah. It's going to get better. Dude, I can't wait. It's got to feel good, right? Like you just made the ultimate explosions and I've probably seen them in uh, maybe like 25 different videos from users mm. just popping up randomly online. Nice. All over the place already. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is nice to, it's a surprise whenever it does pop up because you don't expect when you're about to see an asset from footage crate. But once you do see it, you think, oh, we did that. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I instantly, I'm like, I know that effect. I yeah, know that exactly. exact effect. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to rewind and make sure it is the effect you're thinking of. And it, it is nice, especially if it's on like TV or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really the best. Remember what it was? Um, we saw the Sonic trailer, and I think we were all convinced. I know I was. I was like, so close. Oh, those are our effects. I know. So it. close. And then I like we. I think you you went and you paused mm. and you tried to like match it up and like yeah, it wasn't ours, but they referenced ours. You know they did. It was so similar. So, so similar. similar. I, I thought it was the exact ones. Yeah. yeah, it was just about when we uploaded it as well. I think roughly yeah, a few months I think later. So. Yeah, I loved them. Me too. Yeah, I want to make lightning again. At yeah, some point. it's fun. It's good. Yeah. Um, so 
The explosions are incredible. The nuclear explosions, I absolutely love. You have some awesome 4K options you made for us. You made the shockwaves. Uh, I think today you just uploaded some 8K stills for graphics crate. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll do like an article and promo those as well. But I think you get asked this a ton, so let's clear the air. What software do you use to make these explosions? Right. So my favorite at the moment, 3DS Max. And, you know, that just comes a lot with like a lot of plugins, you know, you've got Phoenix FD, which does explosions. That's what I use mostly. Um, you also have Typhlow, that's come out recently. It's insanely powerful. It's a particle simulation plugin, but the amount of creativity that it gives you, it, it's resulted in most of the new effects that you see on footage crate and probably a lot of the effects that will come in the future. It's a game changer. So are you using Tyflow, the particle system, to like power the Fume FX? Or does Tyflow actually have like a volumetric system built into it? Because I don't use so, 3ds Max at all. Yeah, I think it does have like a VDB system built into it, but the particle emission system that you can create with it creates like some very good emissions, like initial explosions that Phoenix FD can then use to create and simulate the explosion that comes after it. Got it. So Very like good. if you're doing like the main explosion and then you mm. want like all the trails coming off, mm. you might That's like it. the base movement with. Exactly. Gotcha. Awesome. I think, I yeah. So I think a lot of people, they just make a very basic spherical kind of explosion and you see it a lot. That's what I kind of started doing when I started the old website. But I think the very first few frames are the most important in an explosion. That's what I'm focusing on. That's one thing I've always had a lot of issues with, with explosions is that mm. initial burst. Like they, the best I found is you just speed it up in like after effects or something. Yeah. Or, or else you're like missing the, the like subframes to actually like get exactly. there. Exactly. You know? It's so difficult. Yeah. But you figured it out. Those explosions. It's oh getting there. I love it. It's getting yeah. better. The next round of explosions, I think we've cracked it perfectly. Have you? Do you know what you're doing for the next round? Um, yeah, what we're we're waiting for the extra RAM, aren't we? Once that's in, we can hit simulate. It'll be beautiful. This week, my friend, we are yes big upgrade. Yes. So, uh, anyone watching, if you haven't seen the video where we break down the computer that David's using, Titan, go check it out. We're adding another 2080 Ti. Um, and we're adding, I think, uh, like 128 more mm. gigs of RAM in there. So we're just beefing it up like in, an insane amount. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's awesome. <laughs> um, so you've been using EmberGen a little bit. I don't mm. think it's quite at the level that it's fully production ready. You, I don't think you can quite get the quality you need out of it for the explosions, but it's going to get there, obviously. Mm, definitely. Um, what other software are you kind of looking into Ooh, and want to learn? Other software. So one thing I'm really struggling with at the moment is character animation. I know you've like mastered it, but I, I wow, I, I can't do it at the moment. It's very difficult to make a natural movement in an actual character because once you move the hand, you know, there's also going to be movements in the arm and you just have to think about the entire body frame by frame, it's very difficult. And so there are some programs out there that I'm looking into which can kind of help you animate a program. I can't remember the name oh, of it. Oh man, I just saw some recently. 
Maybe you sent it to me where it was. I think Adrian did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. He used to share it with both of us. Man. Yeah. I really want to look into but it. But yeah, that did look good because there's so much in character animation that just takes so much time. I stay far away from it. Yeah. I, I did too for a while because I really hate the frame by frame kind of mm. thing. But um, we have the mocap suit and we're getting the we're getting gloves for it soon so we can finally have the hand movement. And I think Whoa. that's that's why I haven't dived into it fully yet, because I, I hated the idea of all my characters like moving like that. Yeah. Like, move their hands and like hold weapons and swords and stuff. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Have you used the suits recently? Not really. Like I've thrown it on just to see where it's limited. Um, yeah. But we haven't had a project where we mm. really want to implement it. Um, I use Mixamo, as you know, for most animations. And in C4D, the, the reason I love C4D is it's, it integrates so well with other software. So mm. Mixamo animations, you can easily control inside of C4D. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying to work on character animation as well. There's You're talking about like, Kind of like the sub skin, like the tendon yeah, and the muscle movement. Stuff. The very yeah. subtle things. There's kind of an easy system inside of C4D where it's like, it's kind of like pose morphs where you All like right. turn the head and then you adjust the pose a little bit. Like you'd sculpt mm. the neck muscle here or like the cheek changing or whatever. Yeah. And then anytime the, the rig kind of moves in that way, the pose morph will like auto act. So like Ooh, it'll react. That is look. good. Yeah, it's sweet. It's a good That's setup. good. Yeah. So I've been messing with it for some of the characters, like try and start it with the birds and uh, maybe mm. I'll mess with the dragon model that's coming out soon. Yeah. So going from a pigeon to a dragon, that's a, that's a big <laughs> step. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, what else are you working on? So you can, what, what else are you really excited about for Production Crate? Any of the big projects to the smallest? We can tell okay. the users anything. No secrets. Give me a moment. Give me a moment. Let me think. We got a lot going on. Yeah. Let me think. Let me think. I'm going to look at my <laughs> folder at the moment. That's where I keep all of like the projects listed. And a lot of them are for the future as well. So we have that system we did recently where we did like a, a month or so dedicated to just ocean effects. That was really good. That was really good. We were able to like cover so much of what a creator needs to create, you know, an ocean VFX scene. You know, we've got the the fish, we've got the set extensions, we've got the water and wave visual effects assets mm. on footage crate. And so we're kind of going to be trying to do that a little more with completely different scenes. So I'm looking at the list we have at the moment. We've got cyberpunk assets. That's I'm really excited about that. We've already started making some materials for that and some models. That's going to be really good. We've also got the air month, which I'm far more excited about because that's going to be tackling, you know, planes. We've got helicopters, Boeing 747s. We're going to have clouds as well. And we're just going to be creating everything that you need to build any aerial kind of shot from scratch. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. We've been sending each other back and forth, like all the cool little promos. You found like the, um, it's like Microsoft, the piloting system. I love that. I love it so much. Beautiful shots. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into that. Mm. Yeah. I'm messing with some of the spaceship effects. So one of the new oh, spaceship yeah. assets we have, and I, I don't know of a good system to, what, what I want is essentially, I don't want to have to keyframe every movement, you know, when a ship turns, I don't want it to be linear. I want it to like, mm, yeah, you know, move like that. And 
I know there's a way to do it with cameras inside of C4D where it's like naturally reactive, but I don't know if there's a way to do it with 3D models. So what I'm thinking, and I haven't tried this yet, is if there's not, all I'm going to do is parent the spaceship to the camera and just use, it's kind of hacky, but it might work. Yeah, that might work. I mean, I think just today I did that exact thing with one of the missile animations. I had the missile kind of going up and down, but it also automatically turns with the direction it's going in. So that's kind of similar. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. In 3DS Max, there's also this path tool where you create a path for the spaceship to follow and based on how curvy the path is so if it's turning it will automatically tilt the spaceship that's a helpful thing i think what's it called that i want to see if i can find that see um well it's so you know how you'd create a circle if you wanted the camera to go around an object um it's basically that but usually there's a setting that says um, there's tangential, yeah. which is kind of similar, but it's more tangential is great, but it's very linear. It doesn't see, it doesn't ah, right. like the, the yeah. tilt and stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's just a software thing then. And, and 3ds max be. just has it. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. I'll find yeah. There must be ways. There's got to there be. An, yeah. Yeah. There was another cool thing. I wanted to do the same thing for a, the drone asset, the shooty, shooty drone asset. Shooty, shooty drone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know how, some software have mocap kind of systems built into it where you, you know, you plug in the mocap data thing. Maybe it's in a USB stick and the software can kind of read, you know, if the mocap actor is moving or not. Mm -hmm. And then it automatically key frames within the software. I tried to do something like that, but with the drone, so I can control the drone with my keyboard and it should automatically keyframe cool. the thing. It didn't work, but it would be cool if it did, because then you'd be able to create, you know, realistic kind of jiggly, jiggly motions with the drone and create all sorts of animations instantly. I love that idea. Yeah, you just hit record and yeah, it exactly. Out. Like, there's a lot of good hand tracking stuff that seems to be out recently. Like a lot of the AR community is mm. um, releasing a lot of like the face tracking stuff and yeah. hand tracking, and it seems instantaneous. So I wonder if you can like get that data just using a webcam like this, record your mm. hand moving around or whatever, and then transfer that into 3D software. That would be good. Um, that'd, that'd be, be really, really good. cool. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you had like instantaneous playback. That'd mm. be awesome. Yeah. That seems like an Unreal Engine kind of thing. Like Ooh, something you're you right, actually. Yeah. yeah. That might work. I yeah. Mean, you can export like the data from Unreal to another program maybe. Yeah. Probably just Ooh. FBX or something. Yeah. That might work. I'm excited now. Yeah. That could work. Let us know if you figure that out. That'd be awesome to check out. That'd be really good. Yeah. Um, so your Instagram is growing immensely. I'm loving it. Yes. Awesome posts. Uh, what are you at right now? You're at like almost 12,000 followers I think we've just passed 12. It's always when one of those big pages reposts a post or something. That, that's the only reason I've been able to catch up with the main production crate page. It's all thanks to the big pages reposting. I think that's the secret. You've kind surpassed. Of. You have surpassed the production crate Instagram account. We're going to catch up, though. I'm not worried. Yeah. We're going to catch up. But anyone who's not following David, 
Um, you post awesome breakdowns for a lot of the 3D stuff that you do. Mm. And I've seen you post some like collaboration gig type videos, like the oh, pancake yeah. one. You posted mm. a dragon one, a couple others. How do you find those gigs? Do they come um, or do you reach out to them? So usually you'd have people on Instagram kind of asking, oh, David, I, I need help with a visual effects shot. And 99% of the time I'm going to say no because it's just something I'm not interested in or it's a project I know would take months to do. Um, but sometimes you'd have some really good projects. For example, the dragon, I was instantly yeah. saying yes to that because that's something, the, the footage that they sent me just, I knew it was going to be an easy shot to do. It was very clean and it was it very pretty. epic as well. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. But yeah, I don't say yes to most of them though. <laughs> yeah, I bet you get contacted a lot for your stuff like that. Yeah, but the dragon one was awesome, man. Yeah, I really yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. So my go-to for VFX questions for After Effects is usually Adrian, and you know a bunch of After Effects as well. And for 3D, you're our 3D lead, so I'll ask you questions. Between the two of you, there's just such an immense amount of knowledge. What is your weakest point when it comes to VFX? Okay, so we've Herbal. already discussed um, the character animation. That's horrible. That's really bad. Um, another weak point, I'd definitely say, hmm, 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 hmm. Hold on, hold on. I think the very basic thing would be sound design. Even though it's not visual effects specifically, I, I, don't know how to make a sound work with a scene as well as Nico can do, if do that you, makes sense. When you make a visual effects shot, do you know how you want it to sound? Like when you watch um, it, do you have like the sound in your head and then you just try to recreate it or? Yeah, that's, that's one of the things. In my head, the process begins with, you know, maybe I'm listening to one of the production crate uh, soundtracks. And then when I'm listening, you know, an image comes to my mind the sound comes to my mind, the timing comes to my mind. Um, and from there, I can kind of get an idea of what I want the shot to look like. But then when I'm com when the scene's completed, all of the visual stuff is completed and I need to add like the sound effects to it, it's difficult to add the sounds, in my opinion anyway. Like you'd add an explosion, but maybe, you know, the explosion doesn't fit with the sound effect or things like that, I'd say. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, you can have awesome visuals and for some things like Instagram, most people don't watch with sound, but for YouTube or TikTok, mm. which we'll get to, sound is very important because, yeah. you know, you, you those videos always come with sound. So if the sound is off, even if the visuals are perfect and hyper-realistic, there's going to be a fake quality to it. Exactly. So. Yeah. And that just kind of takes the immersion out of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But sounds think, great. If you haven't heard yeah. it, sounds great, David, you got to check it out. It's a great Love one. Love it. It's my only source of sounds at the moment. <laughs> but another thing is definitely going to be the rotoscoping. I start rotoscoping something, I get halfway through it, and then I realize this is going to take too long. I'm going to just leave it, start again using a slightly different method. But oh. then that takes too long. And the process repeats, you know, a dozen times. And in the end, the 
masking the roto. It looks so ugly. Terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I I hate rotoscoping, mm. and it's not because it's like a difficult thing to do. Although it does take skill to know how mm. to do it. Adrian is an incredible rotoscoper. I give oh, him a hard time about it, but he really knows how to approach it well. He does. He kills it, but I hate it, and I will not do it. I will never, ever, ever rotoscope. Um, it is the absolute misery of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think a few years ago, we had that mega tornado project where, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think... When I had to rotoscope that, it took about a week or two just to rotoscope it because, you know, you had the hair uh -huh. and the car itself was the same color as the sky because oh, it was man, both washed yeah. out. And so I didn't know where the car was. And so I had to kind of guess. And wow, I'm, <laughs> I'm amazed I got through that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's terrible. Like the Roto Brush 2 is effective i've used it a couple mm. times but i'm always looking for like the hackiest fastest way like if if the roto takes a third of the amount of time and it looks you know whatever 80 percent as good as it could mm. look that's fine with me like i'm all about like efficiency and speed um did you see i posted like a, a dragon egg video thing yeah. yeah that was good okay so there's no rotoscoping in that not any rotoscoping but you can see the stump um, mm. in front of the egg in a couple of frames, like it, it blocks it out. And that was using a mesh reconstruction. It's kind of oh. like photogrammetry, but uh, comes with C4D. So you, you can track the camera in C4D, do the mesh reconstruction. And I just use that to like occlude the egg and it looked great. It looks like it's rotoscope, but it's not. Like it's not perfectly tight, but it's tight enough that I don't think anyone would notice. I did not know that was possible. Yeah, I'm all what? about those hacky tricks. I love it. That's like something I've imagined, you know, would be an awesome tool to have, but I just didn't know it existed. Yeah, I wonder if 3ds Max has something like that, but I don't see anybody using it ever, especially mm. not in this way. Usually the mesh reconstruction, the quality is not there enough for something like this. It's usually to create like reference points for yeah. whatever, placing objects in your scene. But because this was just one stump, you know, it's like essentially like photogrammetry, right? Like there's the details focused on one spot, so that's all that gets reconstructed. Yeah. I mean, great. do you remember that um, city invasion shot where it was a drone flying through the street and we had that Z-depth pass? Oh do you God, think we so could have used work. it for that? We could have used it, but I don't... Hmm. It, it wouldn't have given us all the detail of the building. Right. You would, yeah. you would probably find a use for it, but eh, yeah, probably not exactly as effective as we would want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. You did try photogrammetry for that, right? To My method could... did not work. No. <laughs> oh, the mess. Yeah. You still had to put a lot of time into that. It was a great shot though. I love it. It's one of our best. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to sometimes just put a ridiculous amount of effort into one shot and then you've got it forever and you can keep it and show it off. Yeah. That's something you're very good at. I, I like if it's more than three days on a single shot, I don't care how much time I put oh, into it. No. I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> I am over it. Yeah. No. Speed, efficiency, and like my boredom level. Like if I lose interest at all. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of my shots are taking about three days now, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for it because it makes us look really good. For Yay. Sure. <laughs> what is the most difficult shot you've ever had to work on? 
Oh no, it was actually very simple, but okay. So do you remember many, many years ago, you were like, David, there's this guy who needs some VFX done. It was like a, an earthquake scene, a post, like a post earthquake scene. Do you mm-hmm. remember it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I ever mm. saw the final for that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I can show you after actually. Um, cool. but you know, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy, very easy. Yeah. But what I didn't realize at the moment was the actor had lots of hair, and it was a very high quality camera, and so I had to mask out each individual hair. Oh no. One by one frame by frame and it took months no it took months oh i'm so sorry (laughs) i should have realized it beforehand and since you know the hair it didn't there wasn't any like solid background behind it so i couldn't you know know, use any hacky kind of like luma key or something yeah it wouldn't work i had to go down the difficult route that sucks (laughs) well if you haven't seen adrian's roto course it's Mm. (laughs) that might help Mocha, yeah, Mocha, I think is a really good tool. A lot of people have access to for Roto. Mm. Um, have you ever heard of Silhouette? It's, I think that's like an industry favorite. Yeah, I haven't used it myself, but it looks really cool. So Silhouette for rotoscoping, and um, otherwise, just avoid it if you yeah. can. <laughs> <laughs> Mesh reconstruction. I feel like Roto is one of those things where like the AI powered VFX mm. stuff we're seeing that's going to take care of it. Like in a yeah. year. To, there's going to be a roto tool that just like oh you want your subject removed and like exactly. all the hair and clothing and whatever included motion blur accounted for like done mm. like 10 seconds that's what we need yeah production creates next tool yeah. yeah didn't um i think roto brush 2 or something like something came out an update that's for true it. yeah i think roto brush 2 does use some type of ai system i haven't tried that out but it, it does look good from yeah. what i've heard yeah yeah yeah, I got to check that out. Um, where do you go? Uh, YouTube probably, but you're self-taught, right? Like you, mm. you're you in school now, but for visual effects and 3D, you've learned all that you have online, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people ask me like which tutorials I watched specifically. And usually I'd just say all of them because there's so many out there and all of them offer, you know, a tiny, tiny little nibble of advice that you can take away from it. And I just suggest to people that the more tutorials you watch, the more practice you have, the more projects you work on, eventually you're going to run into new tools on, or, you know, learn new techniques and you just build up gradually and slowly. Eventually. I think, yeah, I think, learning through a university or a school dedicated to teaching, you know, visual effects. I think it, it, it works, but practice on your own is far more effective in the long run, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't go to school for visual effects either, but it's impossible, especially at the rate things are changing, to build a curriculum with the most current tools yeah. available. Yeah, yeah. You teach a course on like whatever rotoscoping and After Effects, and RotoBrush Two comes out in the middle of the year, and you're not exactly. It. So it's like, I think teaching the fundamentals of like, you know, when to get a clean plate or whatever, that's always going to be important. Mm. But like the actual like tools and day to day processes, like yeah, yeah, you're never going to be able to keep up in school. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's about it for that. Yeah. 
So you are going to university right now. What are you studying? Uh, okay, so it's called multimedia technology and design, but I just shorten it to digital arts. Um, you know, we're doing Photoshop. We're learning Maya. I've not hmm. really done much in Maya, so that's going to be new to me, I guess. Um, you know, photography, video making, all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, Maya seems like uh, the go-to for a lot of character animator tools. Mm, so maybe yeah. that'll be like a good introduction. Like, mm, I, yeah. I really like the idea of using different tools, whatever's best for whatever thing you're focusing on. So if you just want to do character animation in Maya and then bring it into 3ds Max and do the render there or whatever, I think that could exactly. be Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I think with Maya, um, they're teaching, like the lecturer I have, he's very, very good at being a realistic kind of educator. So he understands that there are limitations with, um, you know, teaching in a very classical way. So he's teaching in a very practical way. And that's what I love about it. Hmm. He cool. kind of understands that teaching should be done differently in this kind of ve like arty market kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Arty market. <laughs> Arty market. <laughs> um, so obviously you work for Production Crate, but what other like YouTubers or any creator would you want to collaborate with? Ooh. Hmm. We can make it happen. This is guaranteed. Name anybody, I mean, David. It's going to happen. Okay. So I think the very first, like, what's it called? So rocket jump do you remember them they've been around for a good 10 years now i think oh yeah yeah freddie wong rocket yeah. jump. yeah so yeah they've been around like ever since i started i think you know interacting with them would be incredible you know you've got corridor as well they've inspired a lot mm -hmm. of what i've done in the past few years yeah so yeah rocket jump so i think they're doing mostly like hulu originals now um I forget, I forget the names, but a couple good shows. They did Video Game High School. Oh, I heard I don't of know that. if you yeah. ever saw that. They, yeah, it was their, It was like a YouTube show, and then it got on Netflix. I actually mm. was an extra in it. They posted really? looking for extras, and I was like, oh, my God, I love Rocket Jump. Like, I just want to see what they're doing and how they're going about it. So I drove from San Diego up to L.A., got to, like, sit in um, for a couple scenes and watch how everything was done. Uh, Freddie was awesome. I remember – he was like, if any extras haven't been in like a, a shot yet, let us know and we'll make sure you're seen. Like he was so cool to everybody and just seeing like the production quality was insane. Like they went huge with everything. So yeah. I was like, this was kind of early days of footage crate. And yeah. I, was, I don't even think we had like much of a YouTube channel going, but I was like, okay, like I see where we can go. This is cool. So are you on the YouTube or the Netflix one? Well, it's, it's the same show. They did it. I think they released oh, right. first on YouTube and then Netflix, but I don't, I didn't insist on getting in camera at all because I was just there to like watch. So I don't think you can see me in there, but maybe. No! I know I should have, I should have fought for it, but. should have worn a production crate t-shirt. I should have. A production crate t-shirt, production crate hat. Exactly. <laughs> the glove with the production yeah. crate, the big finger. Yeah. <laughs> a banner that oh, I hold up. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that was great. Freddie Freddie seems like a really cool guy and Yeah, that sounds so fun. Yeah. I mean like, you must have yeah, you must have like a lot of extra advertisements for films out there on the West Coast. Do you uh, go to many? Yeah, I see a bit. I don't I mean, for the most part you're like sitting around or standing around all day and I don't 
you know, that's not for me. I, I went because I was really curious about rocket jump and like a very visual effects focused company. And I just, it thought it sounded cool, but I don't think I would do it again, man. It was like a two oh, hour man. drive up, sit around, stand around for eight hours and then drive down two hours. It's like, cool. I did it. I saw it. I'm good. Moving I on. LA was closer than that. I it's it about like... two hours. It depends on traffic. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Do cool. you go often or? Not really. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a, a project up there or a meeting, but everything's so online. Everything's so virtual. Yeah, it's crazy. And I love San Diego, so. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so right now you're focusing, you know, on creating assets. You're working with 3ds Max. You're working with Production Crate. In like 10 years, what do you want to be doing? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, let me let me ask this. Would you would you want to work on visual effects for like movies and future films or TV shows? Or do you want to keep doing like the Dave Splanations and the internet videos and the 12 million views on TikTok videos? You know, what what are you most drawn to, or do you just want to do it all? I, I think, yeah, I'm definitely a do-it-all person. I want to experience every little part, but I think there's a new kind of emerging trend going on where visual effects is fu- like becoming far more popular. You're, you're seeing like really good editing in, you know, social media videos now, even if it's like on a very small budget, you know, you've got crazy things happening. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be explored a lot more. I think there's a lot of potential to bring the inaccessible side of Hollywood to a very accessible side of social media. I think we can make social media far more fun with all of the crazy stuff that we can do now. I agree completely. Like the tool sets are becoming the same, right? So, mm. you know, 3ds Max or Houdini, um, Nuke, whatever, like the, the big softwares that used to just be used by the studios are now being used by independent creators, but also things that are you can do on your smartphone, like augmented reality where even if you have zero experience with visual effects, you can still have, you know, we created, or I created some um, Spark AR filters for Instagram where yeah. it auto tracks the eyeballs or it yeah. kind of like auto rotoscope somebody out like instantly. To me, that stuff is amazing. So that I really, really like good. that. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. It's, it's super fun. So yeah, I, I really like exploring that idea as well. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure like, how long the trend will last but i think it's a kind of thing that's going to stay around forever now that we've got the tools we're not going to let go of it it's going to stay yeah and there's something just so interesting about like social media type videos that utilize visual effects i feel Mm. like it's a really cool way for people to explore very like abstract and very creative concepts yeah um i i think like some of the it's like very tropish now you've seen it everywhere where it's like a mixamo rig like dancing and they're like they turn yeah. into liquid or smoke or something but they're exactly. trapped into a scene and like but still looks really cool you know yeah, it looks good but yeah. we can do so much more now do I think. a lot more yeah, yeah. Um, this is just the beginning i think your most viewed video is on tiktok the oh yeah explanation meteor effect has that was almost 13 million views that's crazy Wait, 13 or 30 Almost 13, yeah. Oh, okay. 13. 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really still, that's still It's unbelievable, huge. right? Yeah. 
it's yeah. hard to predict which video is going to take off or not. Like, yeah, with some of the Dave explanations, you know, you'd have one that got really popular and then the other ones, eh, they did all right. But then you'd have ones that flopped, even though you thought, oh, this is going to be the one that takes off. You can't predict it. You can't. I feel so validated when I'm like, I think I recommended the earthbending to do uh, Dave's explanation to you. I was like, oh, this one's going to take off. And it did. And then I recommended like, um, I don't know, the skyscraper jumping one, which was like still incredible, but it like didn't that. get nearly as many. Yeah. Views. So it's like, so there's, no, there's no way <laughs> to know for sure. Yeah. But I think the key to popularity on TikTok and potentially Instagram as well is like CGI 3D stuff integrated with like live action footage. Exactly. That seems to do really, really yeah. well. Yeah. I think that's why the Meteor happened as well because there was no like movie cinema style to it. It just looked like a normal mobile video of a Meteor crashing down. But since there was such a high production value in it, it just made people think it was real. I think, yeah, there's a gullibility on TikTok, maybe because mm. people are still used to seeing mostly um, like, you know, real vloggy style videos and dance videos yeah. and stuff that when a VFX shot does pop up, they're like, oh, it must be real. Yeah. Which, like yeah. on Instagram or something, nobody seems to, you know, be like, is this real? I, mm. Like half the comments for that video are probably exactly like, real. Yeah. Where did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Mad. It was crazy. All right, David, are you ready for the fire questions? I'm not. Well, too bad, man. It's time. Let's do it. All right. First question. What is your favorite dinosaur? Dinosaur? The one with the long neck. What's it called? Oh, man. Plantosaurus? I don't think that's right. (laughs) They're like giraffes, but dinosaurs. They're really, really tall ones. They're like first ones you see in... Yeah. Stegosaurus is the one with the spikes, I think. Is it? I think so. Oh, man. We should know this. I think it's like a paleosaurus. You're talking about like the first one in Jurassic Park. Yeah, in Jurassic Park, Park, that big one. Look up and it's like super epic and you get the the scale. Exactly. (laughs) No, it's a stegosaurus. It's not a a stegosaurus, man. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Well, now I need to know what it is. I think it starts with a P. Going with a dinosaur with long neck. I don't recognize any of these. It's got to be there. There's a... I'm jumping on my phone. Yeah, help me. Dino. I want to search the exact same thing as dinosaur with long neck, but with (laughs) the same results. They're very... I've not seen these names. Um, There's an ultrasaurus. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. I just searched dinosaurs. I see some poster art, and it's on here. I'm zooming in. Oh, it's a... Brachiosaurus. I've yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There you go. Got it. Thank you. Brachiosaurus. All right, we we're both wrong. Now smart. <laughs> We've learned something. So your favorite dinosaur is the Brachiosaurus, David. It For is. Your next interview, you got that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you watch any anime? I don't. I know I should. But oh I man. Sh- yeah. You know, like the, some of the fight sequences and the shot and the choreography yeah. is just so dope. You got to check it out. Yeah. Need to. Check out One Punch Man. That's, that's Ooh, one of my favorites. That's actually the one I did want to watch. Yeah, I think it might be on Netflix. I just need to get around to it. Yeah. 
I'm I'm bad at like starting series because I know that I would rather binge it all in, you know, a few days. So totally. I wait for when I have a few days free and then I can just jump into it. But that yeah. hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Gotta wait. <laughs> um, who would win in a fight? Thunderhawk or Godzilla? Thunderhawk. He's a little small, isn't he, compared to Godzilla? Yeah. Godzilla has the size on him. Yeah. And so he Godzilla spits fire. Just has to step on him. But it, I mean, Thunder Hulk has lightning and it's the Hulk. So I well, don't know. Godzilla has atomic breath. He can just. That beats true. But Thunder Hulk also has Hulk strength. I'm not, I'm not trying to make an argument. Okay. You say Godzilla. I know whose side you're on. <laughs> Thunder Hulk for life. Godzilla. Right. What is your least favorite color? Pale green. Uh, yeah, it sounds you know, not appealing at all. It is very sickly colored and very, the kind of like color you'd see on a hospital wall. Uh huh. Very pale, very dead looking. Why would they choose that, that color? Yeah. I know. It's a Pick bad yellow choice. or something. I know my wall is green, but. It's not pale green, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good green. It's, it's a, a good, good green. green. Yeah. It's got to be a good green. Um, If you had to have like big elf ears and I'm talking like like the size of your hand right or a tail let's say like about like eight inches long for the rest of your life like this is this is a feature you are stuck Mm. with which would you choose and I'm not there's no surgery that you can go in this is a part of you I feel like a tail would be fun you can spin around really fast and slap people with it you know yeah that would probably confuse them too. Like if you're reading a newspaper and you can knock them <laughs> with your tail, and they'll exactly. like look around. Yeah. And it's probably easier to hide, you know, elf ears. You can maybe stuff it into a beanie, but yeah, just throw on some pants and that tail's gone. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it might come out of your trousers, but that's true. <laughs> you can wrap it up. <laughs> uh, do you drink coffee? I don't. I don't know how I survive. I've got my water, but that's it. And do, do you drink tea? My gosh, man. I know. I don't I'm know how missing doing. out. You are. Coffee is the greatest thing in the world. I know. I don't I care know. who hears it. I need the energy sometimes, but water is just on the tap. I just have to pop my bottle that's under true. it. That's true. It's right there. That's no true. No effort. That's true. <laughs> and it's free. All right. This is a, a very tough question, so take your time. Okay. What is the best website in the world? There's one that starts with a P, but I forgot the name of it. Yeah, yeah. Production. Sounds familiar. Nah, I think YouTube's better. (laughs) Yeah. All right, all right. Um, If you could, if you could either own the Iron Man suit, and I'll say any Iron Man Mm. suit, it could be like the Hulkbuster, it could be the first Iron Man suit, any of the Iron Man suits, or the Eye of Agamotto the Doctor Strange eye that can, like, control time. Oh, no! Yeah, which one of those? See, you know, time travel, it's a little bit better than being able to, you know, get hit a few times and not feel anything with the iron suit. You can fly Uh, with the Iron Man suit, too, though. You can! Yeah. But... (laughs) Okay, okay, you've changed my mind. I think flying would be a lot cooler. I... So, yeah, I... My thinking with the eye of Agamotto is like, I don't know if I trust myself enough. And like that thing, if you use it, you might screw up the universe and tear holes in the space-time continuum. And I I don't know if I want to go there. Iron Man suit, go wee. That's all you need. That's all you need. Iron Man suit, go wee. (laughs) David's new slogan. (laughs) 
Uh, um, how many miles is the moon from the Earth? We can do like kilometers or something if that's more your speed. Let me think. A hundred and sixty-eight thousand kilometers. Well, I don't know. I don't oh. know. Oh, <laughs> I thought you had an answer. I, I know miles. So I didn't do the kilometers. Oh, okay. You're going to have to do it. Give me a second here. All right. Actually, I should just do that on my phone. Here we go. How many kilometers <laughs> is the moon? Come on. Close. 384,000 kilometers. So that's pretty close, right? You were like halfway there? Halfway there, you know. I'd it's not bad. Run out of fuel and just be stranded in space. If you I have guess. enough acceleration, you'll just kind of float there. Crash into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy with that. That was a good answer. All right. Thank you so much for the interview, David. If you want to follow David's work, make sure to check out It's David Blaker on Instagram. He posts awesome breakdowns, awesome 3D content, and some of the coolest videos. Also, check out the Dave Splanation series on the Production Crate YouTube channel. David's done the jumping out of a skyscraper window. He's done the meteor. He's done crush a car. Um, he's done the earth bending. He's done a ton. And of course, go check out all the awesome 3D and visual effects on Production Crate that David has made. David, is there anything you want to say to the viewers before you go? Have a good day. I love you all. It was very pleasant. <laughs> Thanks, David. I'll Thank talk you. to you later, dude. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening. And remember to make it awesome.